Worldwide, cardiovascular disease affects the lives of hundreds of millions. Dedicated cardio nerds everywhere are working hard to fight this global epidemic. These are their stories. My dear cardio nerds, this is Amit Goyal. Join us on a new adventure as we journey through the maze of clinical practice guidelines. In this series, Decipher the Guidelines, we will take a deep dive into the 2021 ESC Cardiovascular Prevention Guidelines, focusing on similarities and differences from the American guidelines. This is a multidisciplinary collaboration between the Cardiators, the ACC Prevention of Cardiovascular Disease Section, the National Lipid Association, and the Preventive Cardiovascular Nurse Association, developed with a mentorship from Dr. Eugene Yang. And remember, CardioNerds is a fellow-founded, independent educational platform. The views expressed here do not necessarily reflect the opinions or policies of our employers. Do be a nerd and spread the word on social media and help others find us by rating and reviewing the show on your favorite podcast platform. And with that, it's time to get nerdy. The following question refers to Section 4.7 of the 2021 ESC Cardiovascular Prevention Guidelines. The question is asked by student Dr. Shivani Reddy, answered first by nurse practitioner Carol Patrick, and then by expert faculty, Dr. Eileen Handberg. Dr. Handberg is an adult nurse practitioner, professor of medicine, and director of the Cardiovascular Clinical Trials Program in the Division of Cardiovascular Medicine at the University of Florida. She has served as chair of the cardiovascular team section and the board of trustees with the ACC and is president-elect for the PCNA. Welcome to Cardiners, Dr. Hanberg. Thanks so much. I'm so excited to be here. So today, our patient is Ms. B.W., who presents after her best friend was diagnosed with hypertension and is interested in measuring her own blood pressure. According to the ESC guidelines, what BP screening approach is recommended for making a diagnosis of hypertension? A. Repeated measurements in one visit. B. A single measurement in a single visit. C repeated measurements in more than one visit, or D, reported patient history? Carol, which one is the correct answer here? Thank you, Shivani. The correct answer is C, repeated measurements in more than one visit. It's recommended to base the diagnosis of hypertension on repeated office BP measurements on more than one visit, except when hypertension is severe, such as a grade 3 defined as a systolic BP greater than 180, or diastolic BP greater than 110 millimeters of mercury, and especially in high-risk patients. This is a class one level of evidence C. In addition to recommending repeat measurements across visits, the guidelines provide a number of considerations for appropriately measuring blood pressure, such as taking measurements when seated in a quiet environment for five minutes and measuring in both arms at the first visit and using the higher level value arm for visits thereafter. See Table 14, page 3283 for additional information on that. As providers, we all can see those little pieces to taking a blood pressure, how they impact an appropriate trend and level. So it's a recommendation that we need to all look at and take into consideration for that five minutes. Additionally, home blood pressure monitoring is recommended as an alternative to repeated office measurements. Blood pressure measurements are taken with a semi-automatic validated cuff for three consecutive days and six to seven days being preferred in the morning and at night and averaged over that period. Notably, home blood pressure thresholds for the diagnosis of hypertension are lower 
than for that of in-office measurements, with a daytime systolic of 135 millimeters of mercury or a diastolic of 85 millimeters of mercury, given as the level at which hypertension is diagnosed as opposed to the 140 millimeters of mercury and 90 millimeters of mercury for systolic and diastolic levels, respectively, for in-office diagnosis. So the key takeaways here, with the exception of those with severely elevated blood pressures that we noted in grade three, the diagnosis of hypertension requires repeated measurements on multiple office visits. So I'm going to turn to our expert, Dr. Eileen Hamburg here, to discuss some of the thresholds for clinic versus out-of-office BP measurements to diagnose hypertension. Maybe a focus on that white coat syndrome that we all hear about with our communities and patients. Dr. Hamburg? Yeah, hypertension is important because it is the most prevalent risk factor for cardiovascular disease. And it's probably one of the more easier things to identify, but it has to be done correctly. And we've alluded to the way to take blood pressures, which is important. Many of us have had experiences of going to a clinic where they rush us in the room, sit us down, take the blood pressure. It's a very rushed experience. And we've also had, as I'm sure you have, as I have been taken in a clinic and have a cuff put on that's the wrong size. So having the right equipment and doing it the right way first requires staff training so it's done consistently and so that we're getting accurate blood pressures. And so you do need to check over multiple visits. It's important. Oftentimes, patients will take blood pressures at home. The same things apply in terms of making sure that they take the blood pressure correctly with equipment that works well. They can bring it into the office, have those blood pressure monitors calibrated against the clinic blood pressure equipment to make sure they're actually accurate. And the recommendation to take them in the morning or the evening is the current recommendation I sort of move actually to take it more towards the afternoon. Usually when people get up, if their blood pressure meds are working in a 24-hour cycle, blood pressure, they're very relaxed when, when they wake up in the morning. Sometimes their morning blood pressures are the lowest. And as the day progresses, they've undergone a lot more stress than their blood pressure elevates. So taking them sort of in the middle of the day is kind of the highest stress uh, way to see what's going on. The issue of white coat hypertension is important. About 30 to 40% of the population has white coat hypertension. That's when they come to the office and their blood pressure is higher there than it is anywhere else. And they say, you know, I'm just stressed when I come to see you. I don't know what it is. I take my blood pressure at home. It's very low. But it does mean that this is sort of a stressful response. And as we tell patients often in our clinics at UF Health, if your blood pressure is elevated when you're coming to see me and you're just coming for a visit and I've known you for 10 years, imagine what it's like when you're aggravated and trapped and somebody's just cut you off or you're having an emotional issue with a family member, you can feel your blood pressure raise up. So it's not just because you're in the office. And what we're trying to do with blood pressure control is smooth it out so that even during those stressful periods, your blood pressure is better controlled. 
masked hypertension we don't talk about as much, but this is blood pressure that's perfectly well controlled when you come to the office. Maybe it's a soothing experience, but then when you go home and you check it at home, the blood pressure is elevated. And actually the data in some recent analyses of this have shown that masked hypertension portends as much risk as persistently elevated blood pressure. So it's important to educate patients about their blood pressure, what we're looking for in terms of a goal and the target, how to take the blood pressure, having the right equipment, and then having them monitor it. The nice thing with technology today is that rather than get the graph I got in clinic last week from the engineer who plotted his blood pressures on actual graph paper over a three-month period, most of us have smartphones, which have health apps and allow you to put blood pressure measurements into the phone. And so then when you come to clinic, I can pull up a patient's phone and then health app up, and then I can see what those blood pressures are. And that's really important because if they write them down on a piece of paper, they very often leave that piece of paper at home. And if they have an Apple Watch or they have something that connects to their health app, you get a lot more information and you can really see what daytime stressors are doing to their blood pressure and how well their blood pressure is controlled. So there's a lot about blood pressure that we need to keep working on. Our blood pressure control rates are not very good. There's a lot of patient inertia and there's a lot of professional provider inertia. And so we have a long way to go. We should have blood pressure control rates of 70 to 80 percent, and they're still about 50 percent. So a lot of very good things in the guidelines about this important risk factor. Thank you so much, Dr. Handberg, for teaching us about the best practices for making the diagnosis of hypertension and for also sharing with us your recommendation of how perhaps the afternoon might be the best time to get an accurate blood pressure reading. And also, thank you for discussing white coat hypertension as well as masked hypertension, which could pose as misrepresentations of our patients' vitals, namely blood pressure. It was my pleasure. 